0: Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 17 of Revelation chapter 6, and we're going to be reading verse 12. Revelation 6:12 says, "And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood." And we were discussing the earthquake in our last study, and we saw how God um, uses an earthquake in connection with the resurrection, and we saw that in Matthew chapter 27 and in Matthew chapter 28, and uh, it's not a surprise that God would do that, because uh, when man dies, where does he go? He goes into the ground. He goes into the dust of the earth and man is dust. He re, he returns to the dust uh, as far as his physical body is concerned. And, and therefore God discusses the use of an earthquake or God brings about an earthquake to open the ground and to bring up the dead and and, of course, with the Lord Jesus, who was demonstrating what he had done from the foundation of the world, when he uh, went to the cross and died and was buried in the tomb, there was a great earthquake that we read about in Matthew 28 that rolled away the stone. And, in a sense, that opened up the ground so that Christ, uh, the, the images, so that Christ could... Come forth. Remember the Bible language is that he had descended into the heart of the earth. And the resurrection is him ascending up into the heavenlies. He is no longer held by death and hell. They, they have no hold upon him. And, and so the earthquake is presenting us with that image of God bringing forth from the ground the those that had died, or the picture is those that death and hell had laid claim to, and the Lord is uh, saying, no, uh, you may not have this one, uh, based uh, upon what uh, the Lord Jesus Christ has done, All of these elect souls also will rise from the dead. Death and hell have no claim upon them. They cannot hold them. And and there is no victory for the grave over them. But rather, Christ is victorious. And the earthquake in opening the ground really is a picture of opening up the grave, opening up hell itself and rescuing the people of God uh, from that fate that they certainly would have suffered if it were not for the the grace and mercy of the Lord. Now, in, in our verse in Revelation 6, verse 12, as the Lamb, the Lord Jesus, is opening the sixth seal of the seven that seal up the book, the Bible, and at the time the sixth seal is open, the Bible says there was a great earthquake, or or at the point of opening the sixth seal. Now, the opening of the seals, they're they're not chronological. Uh, God is just using each uh, removal or opening of the seal as um, a way of teaching us something about His uh, program of salvation and judgment of the gospel. The program of his word for this world. And there was a great earthquake at the time the sixth seal is open and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood. And then it goes, the next verse goes on to, um, describe the stars are falling from heaven and this language we're familiar with. We get more and more familiar with it as we continue on. And we know that this language identifies with the language of Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. And I'll read that in Matthew 24. It says in verse 29, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken and and that means that um, an identification is being made with revelation 6:12 and and the following verses uh, in this chapter and with Matthew 24 verse 29 statement of what takes place immediately after the tribulation. And we also are aware that the tribulation that is being referred to there was a a 23-year tribulation that began May 21, 1988, that ended the church age and began God's judgment um, on the churches and congregations of the world. And it continued for an exact 23 years until May twenty one, two thousand eleven. And 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 on that eighty four hundredth day the tribulation ended and according to Matthew twenty four, twenty nine and other verses, immediately after the sun was darkened. Now we we've learned that it's not um of course a literal reference, but it's referring to Christ as uh, and God himself, as the Bible uh, relates that great light in the, the daytime, the sun that enlightens the world to the Lord Jesus himself, who is the light of the gospel. And immediately after the tribulation, the light of the gospel, Christ, was darkened all over the face of the earth this um, fits in very well with the the other language that that God relates to that very day of the door to heaven shutting as Christ is the door. And it just indicates that God was through saving people. He had saved all those that he intended to save, all whose names were found in the Lamb's book of life, they became, Saved, they they were redeemed, and their um, th- their safety was guaranteed. And and immediately after the tribulation, God then ended His salvation program. That's what it means when when we read the sun is darkened and the moon is not giving its light, and the stars are falling. They are the lights that God placed in the heavens above. And they represent the gospel lights that God has placed in the darkness, the spiritual darkness of this world. Well, we'll discuss this more as we continue on, looking at these few verses here. And and we'll discuss why Revelation 6.12 speaks of the sun becoming black as sackcloth of hair and the moon as blood. That those are interesting ways to describe it. We we don't find that language everywhere. In Matthew 24, 29, it just said the sun was darkened. It didn't say anything about sackcloth of hair and that the moon was not giving its light. It didn't mention it was turned to blood. So we'll take a closer look at that as we go on. But right now we want to look at the great earthquake. And since the earthquake is joined together with the language of the darkened sun, and and so on, and and we know that the darkened sun and moon and stars and all that God says about that is spiritual, then that helps us to understand that the great earthquake must also be spiritual. It it, it wouldn't. Um, harmonize it; it wouldn't fit together to have the Lord refer to a literal physical great earthquake and and then a spiritual darkening of the sun and moon and and stars falling. And in order for uh, us to understand this, we have to realize that what is said about the great earthquake also is spiritual. And so let's look at some places where we read of a great earthquake. Not just an earthquake, but a great earthquake. That's the words that are used here. And great is megas. And we get our English word mega, uh, as used in megaphone, to uh, make a sound enlarge and, and, and greater. And this is megas seismos. And uh, the word "seismos" is probably also familiar to you, and so this is a great earthquake, a megathismos. And we find the same words in Revelation chapter 11, in verses uh, 13 and 14. I'll, I'll read both verses. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. That is very important for us to take note of, that the great earthquake mentioned in Revelation 11.13 in which the tenth part of the city fell and and 7,000 were slain, um, is spoken of in connection to the second woe. Once the great earthquake occurs, then it can be said the second woe is past, And the second woe is part of three woes overall that um, Revelation 8 verse 13 mention, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And then in Revelation chapter 9, we read of the first woe as the fifth angel and sixth and seventh angels that sound. Uh, Each trumpet sound identifies with a woe. And in Revelation 9, 1, the fifth angel sounded and that would initiate the first woe. And notice in verse 2, And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, once again, we find the sun is being darkened, and it's darkened at the fifth trumpet sound, the first woe, and over... In verse 12, after the Lord describes these locusts that are uh, loosed for five months and bringing torment, uh, it, it says in verse 12, One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And th- th- when we study the three woes, we we come to learn that they are sounding simultaneously the uh, first, second, and third woe began to sound, or the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpets began to blow on the day of judgment. May 21, 2011, immediately after the tribulation, well, according to Matthew twenty four twenty nine, the sun is darkened. And that's when the first woe would take place, as Revelation 9, 2 tells us, the sun is darkened. And and Revelation 11 in verse 13 and 14 is referring to a great earthquake. And well, we know from Revelation 6 in verse 12 that the great earthquake and the darkening of the sun are happening at the same time. This helps us to see that the first and second woes Uh, even though uh, God has spread them out over a couple of chapters uh, as far as discussing them, are happening simultaneously. They're happening at the same time. They're describing events that are unfolding on the Day of Judgment, beginning on May 21, 2011, and then continuing throughout the prolonged period of Judgment Day. However long that might be, we uh suspect it will be 1600 days and 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 so the great earthquake of revelation 11:13 identifies with judgment day beginning on May 21 now uh, also important for us to um, understand that it, where it refers to the tenth part of the city fell and in the earthquake were slain of men 7000 that these are references that normally re- would relate to true believers, as the uh, tenth part has to do with a tithe. And a tithe relates to the true believers. Uh, and so too, 7,000 uh, is a number that comes right out of the Old Testament, where uh, the Lord states that he had reserved to himself 7,000 that had not bowed the knee to Baal. And that means that they were faithful men. But now, in the day of judgment, the uh, tenth part and the seven thousand are coming under judgment. Does this mean the true believers are coming under God's judgment? No. No. Just, uh, we, we can understand this just as the third part. And, um, typically, as God would refer to the third part, uh, for instance, in Zechariah 13, verses 8 and 9, he uses the uh, identification of the third part to relate to true believers. But in Revelation 8, the third part has to do with the churches and congregations where the true believers were traditionally found. And likewise, the tenth part and the 7,000 also identify with true believers, but now it's just used to describe those that would uh, somehow relate to the true believers, but are not true believers themselves. And May 21 brought judgment upon all those professed Christians in the churches and congregations, no matter how closely they resembled the true believers well, now it became very evident that uh, they uh, were tares. They refused to hearken to God's warning to come out of the church. And once Judgment Day came, there was no hope for them. They became bundled as tares for the burning. And the spiritual earthquake destroyed them. The, the earthquake slew them in the Day of Judgment. Well, let's also go to Revelation chapter 16. And Revelation 16 is a chapter that is full of information describing the outpouring of the last seven vials full of the wrath of God. We read in Revelation 16 in verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial, "...into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices, and thunders, and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake, and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came, in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of His wrath, and now we're we're helped in understanding um, exactly when this great earthquake is taking place, because the earthquake, the megas seismos, the great earthquake, is happening at the time of Babylon's fall. And Babylon, historically, fell to the Medes and Persians after a 70-year period in which God used Babylon as a means of punishing his rebellious people, Judah. And he had his, uh, his people taken captive to Babylon. At the end of the 70-year period, King Cyrus, the king of the Medes and Persians, conquered Babylon and shortly thereafter released the captives and and delivered the Jews. And that's a picture of the Great Tribulation period. That 70-year period typifies the Great Tribulation. And that would mean that Babylon's fall at the end of the 70 years identifies with the end of the Great Tribulation. And again, what do we find in connection with these references to to the fall of Babylon that can only identify with the end of the Great Tribulation? And that end um, of the actual Great Tribulation took place on May 21, 2011. We find language of a great earthquake. And, And God beginning to give Babylon the cup. Of his wrath, And that's what we have learned also, that God first, in beginning judgment at the house of God, gave the churches the cup of wrath. And then, following his judgment on the churches, as he utilized Satan and his emissaries to bring about that judgment, then God um, gives the cup of his wrath to the nations of the world. And that would point to the kingdom of Satan, to the uh, kingdom of Babylon, as the king of Babylon typifies Satan. And and that is when the Lord refers to a great earthquake. We also read um, concerning Babylon in Jeremiah chapter 50. In the last couple of verses of that chapter, it says, beginning in verse 45, Therefore hear ye the counsel of Jehovah that he has taken against Babylon and his purposes that he has purposed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely the least of the flock shall draw them out. Surely he shall make their habitation desolate with them. At the noise of the taking of Babylon the earth is moved and the cry is heard among the nations. Now, uh, that when the earth moves, that's an earthquake. That's exactly what, uh, happens during an earthquake. The ground shakes. But, uh, we, we don't have to uh, just, uh, gather that. Uh, the word, uh, translate is moved here. The Hebrew word is Strong's number 7493. And it also is translated as earthquake. And therefore we could read this verse in Jeremiah 50, verse 46, this way, At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth uh, it, it quakes, the earth quakes, and the cry is heard among the nations. Again, at the taking of Babylon, the time of Babylon's fall, when the servants of God, the ones that God raised up to bring judgment on the people called by his name, when their time comes to drink of the cup of his wrath, well, then God um, speaks of an earthquake occurring. It, it It's in the spiritual realm. There's no physical earthquake taking place. That was our mistake. That was our error, thinking that, that uh, May 21, at the end of the tribulation, would be the... Uh, rapture of believers and, and the resurrection of the dead because we assume that the true believers could not remain upon the earth during the day of judgment and and that was a wrong assumption as we have learned from many places in the Bible it has been God's plan all along to keep his people on the earth that they may live through the day of judgment and uh, he has many reasons for doing this one is to test them in a final uh, severe test so that they can uh, be proven to be true gold and silver to be true believers and then he would take them at the end purified into his kingdom and and so on, and and that would be one reason. And uh, also, uh, God has a plan to make manifest what he had done with them as the Lord Jesus um, died for their sins from the foundation of the world, and all the elect were in Christ. And uh, as Jesus went through that wrath in a figure, God likens all those that Jesus died for as going through it with him. This is the meaning when Jesus said to a couple of the disciples, shall ye be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? and And then he answered his own question and said, yes, you will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. That is because as baptism points to the washing away of sin, they were baptized along with Christ, and so was every other child of God with the baptism that he was baptized with through the fires of the wrath of God as he died on their behalf and and so all the true believers have stood before God um, in judgment in the person of Christ, and yet now at the end of the world in the day of judgment. God has us remaining upon the earth, living in the day of judgment, and yet the the wrath of God is not touching us. The punishment for sinners it has not come upon us. We are unmarked. There There is no anger of God coming down upon us at all. Uh, for any one of our sins. And this is making manifest that we have already stood for judgment. This is demonstrating what God did for our sakes before that we're from the foundation of the world. Well, that leaves two more places i like to look at concerning a spiritual earthquake. And we're not going to have time to uh, to get into detail uh, uh, during this study, but let's at least read the verses in Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 25. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, Megis seismos, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, th- this has got to be one of the most mysterious and unusual earthquakes ever recorded as, as we're very familiar today with the images that the news media carries after an earthquake, all of the destruction, all of the uh, the buildings that are destroyed and 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 whole cities are leveled and it, it is just uh, awful awful destruction. But with this earthquake and it said to be a great earthquake, not a minor earthquake, a great earthquake, the foundation of the prison was shaken, but the building did not come tumbling down. The walls were not destroyed. All that happened were, was that the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Now, can you imagine any earthquake uh, more unusual than that? It only freed the prisoners.